That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to yet another fantastic episode of HR Talk. I'm JC. <laughs> Up in the northeastern part of the United States and going all the way down to sunny central Florida, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the perfect hair, Ricky Baez. It's, it's a perfect hot mess. That's what you meant. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Hey, we're, we're in that. Uh, you've got one minute, 15 seconds left of hot beat music underneath you. What do you want to tell the world? Ah, Memorial Day weekend is at its peak. It's at its pinnacle. And nothing like people from Florida to screw that up. There's the tagline for everyone. <laughs> what happened? Oh, bro. what happened? What are you talking about? What got screwed up? Well, you know, you know how. Uh, no, I don't know. That's well, why I'm asking. Yes, yes but you I'm do. Because every episode, there's going to be a magical story about to be revealed right here. Not really. No, not really. It's because every. I mean, every episode you always end with a some kind of a Florida man story. In, uh, well, yeah, except for the past like two weeks, you've been very anti-Florida Man stories. The audience is a little upset that we haven't done Florida Man stories in a few weeks, but you've been saving it up and you've got something special today that you want to start with, right? Because Florida Man is not disappointing this these past couple of weeks. They really have not. Are you and kidding me? Bro, maybe it's look, look. So, yeah, coronavirus, a pandemic, COVID, you're tired of it. I'm tired of it. The whole freaking world is tired of it. I get it. But, but. It's time for Florida Man Stories. Your Florida Man Stories this week is brought to you in part by Professor Ricky Baez. (laughs) So this story comes out of South Florida 6. It's an NBC affiliate from Miami. And it's titled <laughs> Police Respond to Large Crowds Shooting at Florida Beach, which uh, this is all the way up in uh, Daytona. So apparently um, there was this block party that was announced on Facebook and all these people came out to this quote unquote block party. Next thing you know, the uh, helicopters are up in the air from the Daytona Beach <laughs> Police Department. <laughs> There's crowds all over. And I mean, it is insane. People got shot. There were people trying to uh, carjack. It's, Seriously? Yeah, man. Now, I wasn't not, I, I wasn't anywhere near this. Like immediate, the, immediately, though, it, it reminds me of that movie. Uh, what was that? Project X or something like that, where they had the uh, the house party out in L.A. And there was like 10,000 people that showed up. There was a dog on a trampoline. Houses was on fire oh, and stuff. Do you movie, remember right? that movie? It was yeah. like a documentary type style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so picture that just in Daytona. Right? Just people everywhere. You would think that there was some kind of an apocalypse happening. And next thing you know, people are raiding Walmarts and stealing and and looting. No, they're just partying, having a good time, jumping on cars like if, I don't know, the Boston Red Sox wants the World Series. It's insane down here, bro. El Mariachi Loco! A little bit of a party going on down in Florida, in Daytona. 3,000 people, gunshots, houses on fire. Corona does not impede. It sure does, man. I like that, though. That's actually pretty cool. Thanks. I've been is waiting. Is that techno mariachi? Is that what that is with a little Lincoln Park behind it? All right, I like it. I like it. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> 
brother, man. We are, we are. I know, I know you're shut down up in the up in the you know the big old state of New York, man. But down here, we are, we are really leading the charge on how stupid people can be. <laughs> we really are, bro. <laughs> okay, so so expound upon that. Expound upon this story right, a little so, bit. Let's let's okay, hear about so, it. So 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 okay. So let me give you some um so, uh, background here. So. Memorial Day weekend, I started my weekend over on the on the east coast of the states, went over to the Faces house yes. over on the Space Coast. And uh, we gave you a call from the Faces house. Yeah, that was very nice to hear from you both. It was good to see him and uh, Little Face as well. Yeah, so, well, yeah, so, 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 well, not um, Little Friday Face, night, Face Jr., sorry. Gotcha. gotcha two gotcha. two so, totally separate people for the listeners well, out there. Little Face was there on Saturday. Unbelievable. He was there on Saturday. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Magic. So, Magic so anyway, happened. So um so we started a weekend right the, the uh, family and I went over to uh the uh, Space Coast and um I went over to the Faces house and the first thing he does is like want to drink there bud I'm like sure so I let him mix it So JC if you could just picture a glass right this was I don't know one part ice half a part cranberry juice and a thousand part Tito's vodka And I'm like face this is the first drink. We need to chill. It's literally 2 p.m. <laughs> we need to relax. So you know the face. I know the face. And for the people who don't know the face, whatever you tell him to do, he is a pit bull in doing the opposite, the exact opposite. So about, what was it, 7 p.m., we uh, gave you a little video call, right? Yeah, it was somewhere around there. Yeah, somewhere around there. So, so we gave you a call because we were all practicing social distancing. We want to do the responsible thing. Yeah. So we went out to the pool, went out and about, and we stayed, you know, six <laughs> feet from each other. You're funny, man. We wanted but, to, but, we wanted to social distance the right way. So we went to the pool with everyone else there. No, no it's we fine. Didn't. No, no, there was, there was hardly anybody there. And okay, the, good. the people who were there, gotcha. they were social distancing, right? Fair That's enough. the responsible thing to do. Yeah. So around what? Six hours later, we call you. Hey, and, w- um, do you wear a mask in the pool? We, you do not wear a mask in the pool. That's I think in New York, question. you kind of have to. It's okay. Go on. I mean, I would, I, you know what? Given how your state is going right now, I would totally expect that to come down the pike. I really would. People you got to wear a mask. In, swimming in gas masks, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Mop gear. All right. So, so, um, so you're over there. You're having a good time. You had a couple cocktails. Went to the, went to the pool. You're back. You're chilling. You gave me a call. What happened from there? Okay. So, all right. So, no problem. We had a great time. We had to go back to Orlando because the following day we were going to the west side of the state. We got a little condo on the beach with the, with uh, other family members. And again, uh, Sarasota area, just north of Sarasota, south of Clearwater, it's called Indian Shores. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Everybody was so calm. You, you know, everybody was uh, was uh, uh, practicing social distancing at the beach. Everybody was really nice. And you said this is out on the west coast? On the west coast of Florida. No, of Florida. That's, Sorry, yeah, that's for the West. Got that's it. Right. <laughs> now we got to pay for that. Thanks. That's where the uh, sun sets on the left. That's <laughs> if, if you're looking up. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's right. Um, so yeah, so um, so we so we had over there. The whole family's there. Had a blast. Got a little bit too rowdy to the point that the uh, resort had a calling a little bit of extra help for the pool around midnight. But it's cool. I uh, had a good conversation with the hardworking law enforcement of Indian Shores and. Uh, Give them some, you know, some water, some chips, and they were on their way. So you're you're doing this, and at the same time, there's a block party for ten thousand people taking on, place. 
I'm dead into that. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm getting into that, go right? Ahead. So again, um, everybody is being cordial. Everybody is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Next thing you know, I wake up Sunday morning with a, with a big headache, start reading, you know, just checking on the news. And apparently there was a humongous block party in Daytona. But, but I mean block party. I'm, think that, I'm thinking you know, thousands of people. You're thinking just like South Bronx. You're thinking like Deltona. Yeah, you know, just yeah. But, you know, no, it's just Deltona. <laughs> no. How do you even put Deltona and South Bronx in the same place? I've got you a friend know, that lives in Deltona. They used to be from know, the South Bronx, too. That's why. Push it it's to okay. Kansas, Go ahead. You know, Johannesburg, South Africa, you know, same place. Um, no. Um, so I started reading this story, and apparently uh, 3,000 people were out and about. There was a shooting that took place, really took up some resources from the Daytona Police Department. And it, it, it's, it's really going to screw up everything we've worked hard for here in this state to flatten that curve. And the weekend before that, there was another block party in the barrier or the land over on the uh, on the uh, central part of the state, just east of Daytona, west of, 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 of Daytona. And it just doesn't make sense to put the state on the map on how dumb we can possibly be. Because Above this, and beyond, it was the first time. <laughs> no, I mean, come on. No, well, I, know, I, mean, I know what you're talking about. I'm tracking. I'm tracking. It, yeah, it's just it, it's it's just annoying and I don't want to come to a point where we now have to go back in restrictions again. And look, for everybody listening, I get it. If 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 you want to go ahead and exercise your right and and go out into town without a mask, that's fine and dandy. That's entirely up to you. Um, but at least practice some other measures to protect everybody else. Because one of the things I love about this country, JC, is that I'm able to assess my own risk versus reward on how how that relates to me. And I can make those choices and those decisions. God, we got to be smart about it, though, bro. <laughs> we we got to be smart about it. Because right now, uh, the way things are going, if things keep going like that, 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 that curve is going to come back again and it'll be COVID-20. And then what are we going to do? Yeah, so I was, uh, I was talking with some friends that are around the D.C. area, uh, North Virginia, to be precise. And uh, the gentleman was saying that since they lifted restrictions and with the holiday weekend and everything like that, they've, they've been watching the numbers and, and trying to put more power in the, the hands of the people to make some of the right choices and do some of the right things. And they said that the uh, the amount of cases has gone up. Uh, numbers have gone up over the past couple of weeks. Uh, oh. So it was it was good to hear. He said over the past couple of weeks because one too many times we hear, you know, hey uh, tomorrow it's going to be normal, and then two days later cases have tripled. Well, wait a second. I thought you said it <laughs> took two weeks. You know, so <laughs> I'm I'm glad he specified that it's been a couple of weeks and numbers sure. are on the rise, and that, and that's for their particular instance in their particular area. But having the choice, having the ability to make your choice, to make a logic mm-hmm. decision, logical decision as to if you choose uh, to go out and, and how you're going to protect yourself or, or protect others, or if you choose to stay home and having that choice rather than not having that choice, which is something radically different that severely impacted some of the construction industry up here in, in New York yeah. State. But right. I'm not even going to get into that because I went off on that last week. No, continue. That, that was great. Yeah, so, I mean, if you have a choice, it'd be great. It really would, man. Yeah, but, but see, this is, this is where it's I'm at the It's quite the double-edged sword, though, too, right? It, exactly. That, yeah. see, so that's what I'm thinking about it, because 
I'm, I, it, we, it's easy for us to make the mistake that everybody else's level of security is the same as your own. And that's that's when everybody differs because some people just don't care. Other people are way too cautious. And we have to be just be somewhere in the middle where you got freedoms and common sense and the common sense is calibrated amongst everybody else. And we know exactly what we need to do, which is not doing it, man. And I completely understand. I know you hate that uh, some of these harsh restrictions. I do, too. But just like unions, I don't like unions, but I understand why they exist. I get it. It's people. I think the bulk of everyone does understand why some of these things exist, though, when we're talking about the restrictions and whatnot. Yeah. I, th- I think that's an inherent to the nature of our being. I, th- I think, though, at the same time, that it, because it is so different state to state, some states are a little bit more controlling in ways and, and have things laid out in their structure in a different way throughout life across the board. You know what I mean? I, I do. So let me ask you this. So do you think we will still be in the same situation we are right now with how Americans differ in opinions when it comes to how to handle this pandemic and how to come? How did they how do they agree or disagree on with the phase opening 20, 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago? Would be in, will we be in the same situation? So right now you're in New York, right? It's in New York. They have more restrictive laws when it comes to this pandemic. Other states, it's less restrictive. So I don't know if we would be in the same situation now as we would be 40 years ago. When right now we got social media that kind of shows what everybody else is doing. We absolutely would not be in the same situation because even nowadays we're being polarized. You're being pulled in a direction, left or right, left or right, left or right. And then now, even amongst the whole pandemic recovery aspect of things. You have swaths of people out there attempting to pull you into left or right. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding yeah. me right now? Because that's what's important right now. A mask is left. <laughs> no mask is right. What do you do? Come on. Are you Are you I kidding? Just, Are you kidding? I just wear a sock. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know what? The Chris and Bloods had this right years ago. They've been wearing masks forever. So let's let's take a look at what they're doing. <laughs> Just just for the mask wearing aspect. Well, speaking about things that people are doing, Mr. Baez, this from businessinsider.com. And this story for you, this was written by David Plotz and Henry Blodgett. This came out on the 22nd, okay? Okay. They state here that Facebook's remote working plan is currently doomed. Now, we've been talking about Different sides of the coin and story when it comes to remote work and getting back to work, etc. But in this article, Plots and Blodgett, specifically states Silicon Valley, which adopts fads like it's a tween, has found a new one. The day before the pandemic, the Valley was salivating over the Apple campus, Google-eyed at an Airbnb's conference rooms, passionately arguing whether the kombucha was better on the marketing floor or on the engineering floor. But now, let's all work from home forever. So in this article, they, they take a heavy shot at Facebook for taking that stance. And they take some shots, though, too. Uh, Twitter and Square recently announced that everyone could keep working from home when the pandemic ends. Facebook, right in character, decide to move fast and, and break leases right away. Hmm. So they go on within the story here to, uh, to state, quote, I'm writing this from my bed, but I'm skeptical that remote work will remain so enthralling for big companies once COVID-19 recedes. Yes, a 
surprising number of white-collar workers are finding lockdown life enjoyable. No commuting, no travel, no dressing up, and it's tempting to think that if a little bit of working from home is good, a lot of working from home would be great. The history of human civilization, however, suggests this would be a mistaken conclusion. Working from home is fine now because everyone's doing it. We've all been forced into it. You're not missing any important meetings or gossip around the water cooler because everyone is missing them. And they go on to talk about the human condition and experience. This is an in-depth article that tears apart the reasons why remote working in the future will be a fantastic thing. And it's a different perspective than what we've been hearing over the past few weeks, Mr. Baez. So last show, Jack Dorsey, the CEO for Twitter, announced that he that nobody can that if you wanted to stay home working indefinitely, you can do so. And then we started talking about um, how, what, what that would do for states, for local governments, if people thought that, OK, I'm going to get paid this high price salary. You could just go somewhere else and a low price salary. Whereas uh, after we aired that, um, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg came out on Business Week saying the same thing. But he went on to, to, to be more detailed than what Jack Dorsey said. And now Facebook said, if you decide to move from one location to another, the compensation and the location in which you wish to reside, that's the structure we're going to use for your salary. So that kind of takes away that whole idea that you can move away from a high price salary area and then keep your salary if you move somewhere where the cost of living is much lower. So now Mark Zuckerberg has taken it further and detailed it. The next CEO over in Silicon Valley is going to take it even further and even further. And next thing you know, there's going to be this big union thing. <laughs> I mean, watch. They're going to dice it and they're going to split hair so much that it's going to become so convoluted. The only answer is going to be, you know what? Forget this. Let's go back to working in the regular centralized offices. And then, boom, there's COVID-20. So people, yes, we should look at those laws. We should look at those ideas. But let's not dissect it too much to the point that it becomes too convoluted. And now we have no choice than to go back to pre-COVID-19. They come out in the article here stating, and again, this is from businessinsider.com, Facebook post-coronavirus pandemic remote working plan doomed. Uh, in the article, they say, once we finally vanquish the coronavirus, enthusiasm for cities, offices, events, business travel, and in-person work will rise again. But a significant percentage of people, especially individual producers, writers, engineers, designers, and others who really don't need to interact with others to do amazing work, will take advantage of our collective epiphany to leave the office forever. Uh, They go on here to state, well done, Facebook, Twitter, and others for welcoming this new age. You'll now be able to hire and employ talented people all over the country and world who would have been miserable living amid the Silicon Valley and New York City rat race. And well done, remote workers and tech providers, for showing hidebound managers that we can all now be amazingly productive from anywhere. You've helped create a better world. I don't know if it was sarcastic or not. It's text. Don't get it me wrong. Like it kind of did with the way with the tinge <laughs> yeah. that I put on there. Um, but yeah, they, they take some shots here in the uh, Business Insider article. Stop by businessinsider.com. Uh, this was written by David Plotz and Henry, Henry Blodgett. Facebook's remote working plan is doomed. You know, every every pandemic or every issue has their conspiracy theorist. And a couple, about a year ago, 
buddy of mine told me about a Netflix show called Beyond the Curve. Have you seen that? No. It's, uh, it's a what's, documentary. What's Netflix? Netflix is... <laughs> I'm kidding. Go on. Go on. <laughs> Caught me there. Um, it's a documentary about this group, <laughs> these group of people. That <laughs> Netflix. Really... It's a thing Netflix. that people could actually afford yeah, well, uh, when they have well, jobs to pay. Ah. When they... <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Rub we, it in. We should not, Rub we it should in. not be laughing at yeah. that. We should not be laughing at that. Kind of hurt a little bit on that one. Uh, you know what? Whatever. Stock's been up 30% since uh, eight weeks ago for Netflix. So, yeah, it's working out for them beautifully. So, so yeah. So, apparently, um, there's this group of people called Flat Earthers. I've, I've heard of them. I have. I just didn't know they were that powerful in numbers until I saw this documentary. And that's when this documentary started going into every issue, every every pandemic or every type of a uh, um, uh, uh, a topic in the world is always these conspiracy theories. So uh, Pete, there, there are people out there who truly do believe the earth is flat. And there are people out there who truly do believe that this pandemic is fake. It's a hundred percent fake. And I, I, I don't, I don't know if you've heard of that, but I, I have seen some news articles, especially one here in central Florida. They, they, uh, they did a uh, an article about this one guy. I do need to look it up. Who kept saying it's fake? It's fake. Started going everywhere, uh, uh, going into the stores, not protecting himself. And guess what happened? Long behold, he came out. He came down with the COVID. So now him and his wife came out, came down with the COVID, and the uh, Orlando Sentinel did a story on them. And all of a sudden, he's a believer. So I guess my question is, JC, I don't know if if if, if you've seen this out there, but why why would you think, or why do you think? In your opinion, people think this is fake. Why do they think this is made up? Because of something they saw on Netflix? <laughs> it could be. I don't know. Is that what you're leading up to here? Is that what you're no, trying no, to say? No, no. no. I'm, just, I'm just trying to find out because I don't see a lot of stories on people who think this is fake. And I would like to see more of that. Not because I want to follow that rationality. I really want to understand how they think. And I really want to understand where they're coming from. See, on my end, uh, people think differently, and I accept you for it, and we'll just move on. Really? Yeah. And I'm fine with so, it. I, I don't need to bite down on this one at all. I'm good. Okay, got I'm it. actually kind of bored by it. Well, yeah, because I'm gonna you tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. It's actually a good topic, but go ahead. It, it, it may be a good topic, but it's been bounced around and kicked around in the media for like two weeks now in social media, and everyone's going crazy on this stuff, and people are arguing about, you know, like we were saying at the start of the show, trying to assign left and right to everything that we do or trying to assign a, a feeling or emotion to, to something that might not even need to be pulling people in a different direction. Here's, here's one for you, though. Here's one for you. I got one better than your conspiracy here. And this is from Allison Green, Slate.com. And she's very clear in stating that all these virtual work happy hours and team games are extremely exhausting. Have you ran into this yet? Now, in the workplace, this is a little bit something different. Rather than talking about flat earthers, we're talking about just a Zoom meeting happy hour time. So in the article, she states, here's how one overwhelmed person described her company's numerous efforts of engagement. The manager hosts a weekly Skype team chat check-in. His manager hosts one that they also attend. There's numerous anonymous questionnaires to check in on people's emotional status. There's a web page set up just for the COVID company news. 
The manager's manager sends out five emails a day sharing news articles indicating how COVID is impacting the industry. Information packs about work and workplace mental health support and resources have been emailed out and then emailed again. There's three company-wide remote meetings to discuss the issue. Several people overlapping teams have started organizing fun activities over work emails. We also have a team WhatsApp, which has been pretty much cons- constant stream of COVID-related memes and humor. And for this particular employee, they're exhausted. The most recent is a body system the company has launched, entirely voluntary, in which you can sign up to be paired with another employee with similar interests so you can have a friend to talk about what you're going through. They're overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed. They just want to work. They're overwhelmed. You know what? Somebody will complain about everything. There's always going to be a complaint. So if the companies did nothing and say, you know what, leave you to your own devices and we don't connect with you, they'll complain because they don't, they're not involved enough. So when they're involved enough, they say, leave me alone. You know what? The hell with them. (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) the hell with them. So Ms. Green brings something else up in the article. You're going to love this one, Ricky. Uh Uh, It states, uh, many managers are also making a point and checking in on people's mental health. Not a bad idea in theory, but it can be carried out in a way that feels intrusive and quite overstepping. Quote, I have a line manager who I haven't always had a great relationship with, and I'm exhausted by the constant mental health check-ins. With someone whose intentions I don't entirely trust and would much prefer to only interact with on work-based topics. Now, I'm expected to discuss my mental health challenges with near strangers who aren't paid professionals. And so wait a minute. So so the mental health check-in is not the issue. The issue is the manager who him, he or she do not have a good relationship with. Sounds like lack of trust all the way around in general. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what it is. Because had they had a good relationship, I'm pretty sure that manager checking in would come across authentically and and genuine. And it it would be really, it it would be accepted. Now, what what if you have an employee out there that doesn't want to partake? They're not into it. Hey, I just want to reach out and find out how you're doing, how you're feeling, see what's going on. And then the response you get back is, no, no, I don't want to talk to you about my emotions. Not so you. Here's the thing. Anyone else well, but you. I have an answer for that. If you as a, if you as a manager hear that from one of your employees when you ask them, hey, how is everything? Then you don't, you're not connecting with your employees on a regular basis like we've been saying for the past two freaking years. If you have a good relationship with your employees, you will know what to ask, when to ask, and when not to do both of those things. This is not the time for you to find out that, oh, my employee is an introvert unless they just started six weeks ago, right? So if, if again, if, you, if, 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 if organizations would just listen to what we're dishing out and really have that human contact with their employees, you would know how to connect with your employees. You wouldn't have these issues. You will know what to ask, what not to ask, and then go from there. If you find that it's not right now, you're, it's, it's, you're, you're way behind the curve. What about the Zoom happy hour? What about having that happy hour with individuals that you wouldn't normally go to happy hour with anyways or have a cocktail in front of anyhow? I don't understand why that's an issue. How is that an issue? Why are people complaining about that? And then you've don't got that peer go. pressure within the organization. Why aren't you showing up? Well, Karen, I, I couldn't make it. Chad. Everyone's going to be there. You see, but so the leader sets that tone, right? If you set it up like, look, 
you don't have to go, but it'll behoove of you to go. Hint, hint. Raises come out in six weeks. Hint, hint. But if you say, you know what, we're having happy hour. If you can make it, that's fine. If you can't make it, that's cool too. It's it's it, it's no harm, no foul. You don't have a babysitter? Fine, bring them along too. Who cares? We're all a family here. And, and what and about the don't entire make people pressure? What about the entire yeah. thing where like some people don't drink, but you consistently call them after hours happy hours? So I and then they're it. offended happy by hours. it. Well, happy hour, yes, is is synonymous with uh with with alcohol. But even absent COVID nineteen, there's some people who don't drink alcohol who have gone to happy hour. Get a soda, get water, get a glass of milk. They have Capri Suns in the back. That's fine. (laughs) You're good. What about just radical candor? What about just coming out with it and saying, no, I can't. I'm watching a documentary on Netflix about Flat Earth, and I can't make it today. No problem. Let me know how it goes, because that's on my list. I want to catch that next week. (laughs) Boom. Done. Right? Done. Yeah. No penalty, no foul, no major no, thing going don't on. Make them feel weird about it. So the virtual happy hours is not the issue. It's the relationship that these managers have with the employees are the issue, regardless of COVID nineteen. So I don't like when there's articles out there that say these all these virtual happy hours are driving people nuts. No. Because had this COVID nineteen not forced us into the virtual world, they will find something else to complain about what their managers driving driving them nuts about. So, again, it goes back to the trust piece. Renita Calhorn. She's a contributor at Forbes, Forbes Forbes.com. Got it. it. Put together a piece here, Ricky, that I do have to tell you about. Go ahead. COVID-19. COVID? Oh. Is the first drumbeat. Three leadership traits you and your team need to be future fit. So take a guess for me what those three traits are. Uh, flexibility. Hold on. Well, that's not the first one. Understanding. Maybe. Patience. Well, fl- flexibility fits. Patience mm-hmm. kind of fits with one of them. Um, wow. So I'm way off then. No, no, no. You're, you're in the wheelhouse. She just uses okay. other words and other things. So it's so a I'm real good to, article. I, I recommend stop by. This just came out recently on the 25th. And I think that's today. That's today. That's yeah. today. It yeah. Today. So this came out earlier today. Renita, great job here. Beautiful article. Many words with periods and commas and sentences. Ooh, but it, wow. here it says uh, high velocity learners and self-starters. Command and control leadership will no longer work. And as execution becomes increasingly dependent on teams, hierarchical reporting structures will get in the way. Everyone oh, will oh. need to take ownership. Hold on, hold on. Command and control leadership no longer will work. That's exactly what she's saying in the article here. She thought it was working up until now? Yeah, up till now it was perfect. <laughs> okay. Right? Up to this point, it wow. was all good, but yeah. So it, it wow. says here, quote, okay. rather than be supervised and micromanaged by those who are disconnected from the realities of a real-time situation, we need people who can respond to unpredictable changes in the rapidly changing environment, says Dr. Suni Giles, creator of Quantum Leadership. See? So flexibility, some patience. How you start out a relationship with an organization is not necessarily how it's going to end up, hence the flexibility piece of it. He goes on to say too many people get, uh, too many people optimize for being correct, for being right. 
and getting stuck in analysis paralysis. And you really only need to be 70% directionally right. Uh, that's about from a tech investor, uh, Jed Ng. Uh, I can't pronounce the last name. Right. I need your help with that. First name's no, Jed. Yeah, I, last name is NG. So, yeah. All right. So his last name has no vowels. So, yeah, none. Yeah, there was a guy, Med, who had a last name with no vowels. It was all consonants in Poland. I worked with him. Um, Skitschrip was the name. Well, see, I heard a vowel there, man. Yeah, but it wasn't actually a real vowel. I can't do it the way he did it. It was the Z, like, rolled differently. It was weird. Um, <laughs> okay. The other thing that they mentioned here in the article, uh, for the future, first drum beat, three leadership traits you and your team need to be future fit. Adaptability. Yeah. So that goes with your flexibility one. I think you were kind of right there. Uh, it goes on to also say empathy. Empathy's in the list, Rick. And curiosity. Dude, this kills me. I'm sorry. This kills me. Come on. Bring when it. I, bro, bring it. Why does it kill you? I want to hear it. Because, because when I see articles like this, brother, it leads me to believe that this COVID-19 thing is the epiphany that got, that came to them that you have to be empathetic, that you have to be adaptable. So up until this point, those things None were of it never existed. in the wheelhouse. Never, no, not at all. It right. drives me insane, bro. Right. <laughs> really no, does. I know. I know. So you need something... A, a, a world pandemic to bring these big, bright ideas to you to say, oh, my God, ah, let's not be assholes anymore. And let's, now, let's be empathetic. But now we're going to repackage it and we're going to make you future fit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's this the is same old you... stable. It's the same stuff we've been talking about for Dude. years. But now you're future fit. You're ready for the future. <laughs> It's catchy, and people read that. Oh my God, this is great! Right, and then they get selected to be the HR or leadership influencers of the universe based <laughs> on that. And, the, um, and then they go on, they go on a list. They're the most influential <laughs> on the list, and they all know each other, and they right? have cocktails in their free time or whatever, and they hate no, the world. No, yeah, not no, virtually, not virtually. Not virtual. That's right. Don't ask me about my my mental health because hey, then that hey. will, I wasn't going <laughs> mental till you asked. Because maybe that was a trigger. So future fitting with these new uh, new crazy ideas. What do you think about it in general, man? Um, they're not crazy ideas. They're not new things. These are things we've been screaming about for the past two years. Next. In closing, one <laughs> quote towards the end of the article says, we need okay, to be comfortable <laughs> in that uh, liminal space of not knowing. Period. Adaptability. Yep. Adaptability. Ad- adaptability. There you go. It, it, it's it's that says more about the author than anything else. When you write a piece and you're like, now is when you're realizing. Now I'm questioning everything else you have done before this piece. And then what? You or someone that listens to this show should write a piece on exactly what you just talked about. How is this new? <laughs> <laughs> we should. Right? Hell, we're doing it right now. <laughs> this is not new things, right? You know what? If any, but you know what? JC, you know the best part know. about this show, though, is that all those contributors that get published in Forbes that we do read some of their uh, excerpts for their articles from time to time—they're all listening to the show. All of you so, are listening. We know that. So, uh, I, so you, you <laughs> known that before I did because when I think about a year ago or a, a year and a half ago, we do a show two or three two or three days later you find an article about something we literally just talked about and you're like, 
they're stealing our stuff. I'm like, no, they're no, not. No, it's not stealing. They're it's good. not stealing. No, I no, no, I, right, I get right. it. I get it. So, or it's influence. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just a coincidence. And then the second time, third time, fourth. And I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. What, right. what episode are we on now? <laughs> what episode is this? 230 some, 260, I don't know, 260 something. So 238 and episodes later, and it still happens weekly. Totally good with it. It still happens weekly. Totally good yeah. with it. Flattered, actually, you know? And yeah, we don't need is. to be on your list. We have our own list. So that's fine. Just so everyone knows. You're so not this, on <laughs> So this next article, this is coming from the Vox, the VOX. Are you familiar with them? The yeah, Vox. thank you for spelling com. it. Yeah, yeah, I am. So Sarah Morrison, Sarah Morrison, however you like to say your name. Um, working from home for a while, here's how to do it securely. She goes over a piece here published at 9 o'clock this morning. Monday, the 25th of May, VPNs, anti-malware and good cyber hygiene will help prevent issues, uh, help prevent viruses and phishing attempts from penetrating you in your home. So she goes on in this piece talking about uh, preventing penetration and all the good things that you could do to stay safe in your home. Ultimately, just cover the basics, uh, check your passwords, uh, try a VPN. If you don't currently VPN, just try it. Uh, Try buying some security software. And uh, at the end of the day, watch out for phishing. Um, and, oh, and don't forget about your phone. Your phone's part of that piece, and uh, same as your other connected devices. So let's let's talk about the connected devices thing. This article, uh, again, this is at Vox.com. Go check it out. Working from home security, VPN malware phishing, but uh, connected devices. So there we were. It was approximately 2.30 in the morning outside the moon was at approximately 45 degrees in the sky. Tito's had been flowing for hours. Mm. A little dog made his way through the yard and then back into the house. All the meat had been smoked and the party was dying down. Ricky and JC sat on the couch and continued a philosophical discussion on life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness and the good nature and good being. In all of humankind. And in that moment, Ricky's smart devices chimed up and said, I knew that's what this was Would you like for me to call 911? (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) And then his devices chimed in again another time and talked about scheduling an event in your calendar. And another time and another time and another. How many times has this happened, Mr. Baez, to where your smart devices wake up and they do magical things? So... The first time you came down here when I had all these smart devices, you're like, these things are going crazy. My phone's going crazy. I'm like, you're paranoid. Chill the hell out. Until the third or fourth time you came over and we are having that conversation. Next thing you know, they start going crazy. It only happens when you're in town. It's never happens when you're, bro. Seriously? And when I witnessed it that one time, that one time that you're talking about it, I'm like, holy crap, that's never happened before. (laughs) And all these weird things start happening. Just my my blank home, because it's right here next to me. I I don't want to set it off. When when that's just goes off out of nowhere saying, do you want me to call 911? Do you want me to do this? What about that? And I'm like, what the hell? It's never done that. Only when you're in town. So you are the common denominator, sir. You're the one who's being a. was being watched. Hey, listen, I, 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 I don't doubt are. it. I don't doubt it. So, so college oh, you know is uh, so spring semesters uh, wrapped up. Everyone had a very terrible time. 
summer semesters are starting. We're, we're gearing up getting yep. ready for fall. There's a lot of universities across the United States that are opening up the coffers and saying, hey, we are going to be back in business. Show yep. up on, on game day uh, when it's game time, it's pain time. Everything's going to be like normal in fall, and that's what they're planning for. Uh, professor, you are teaching again as of right now, correct? I am, yes, sir. I just started the summer semester at Rollins College for the Masters of HR program. So good shout out to the employer relations class, MHR 543. Some of them are listening right now. We just started last week. All virtual. All virtual. So, all virtual. First As time? Of right now. First time yes, within, uh, the, uh, uh, within the college's history? With, all virtual? Um, I don't know. For That's this interesting. class, at least. For this class. I don't think it's the first time for the college college that i know i don't know that answer uh, but that's that's a good question but i know you know what no i'm, I'm <laughs> i'll venture to guess yes with the way uh things are starting uh, how bumpy it is to get things going on a virtual basis yeah i will venture to guess that it is the first time but we're making it happen it's really interesting it, it's really different jc having a zoom meeting with two three four people versus 30 and that it gets really, really interesting how you manage the conversations because not everybody's picture fits on the screen. So you don't know if with the hand raise feature for Zoom, if the other person's raising their hand or not, you got to flip back and forth. Well, so you, you, you got to change the screen. You, you got to use that different view, though, right, where you can squeeze everyone in. Like through the desktop application, can't you adjust that, how many people you see on the screen? No, no, correct. If if I'm just doing the face-to-face interaction, right, but if right. I'm sharing my screen for the presentation, it's really hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. And you, where I get most of my questions is when I'm sharing the presentation. A lot of times you do need a, uh, a, a co-driver, you know, someone to manage the chat room or take a look at things yeah. like that. that. That's something that is often overlooked, that a, a lot of teachers in, in the uh, younger grades, uh, not the college stuff. I'm talking like the elementary, the high school, mm-hmm. those that are still getting used to this. They're not used to that aspect. So having two Correct. people in that uh, in the driver's seat and co-driver is a, a driver rather, you know, it's, it's a great yeah. spot to be in. There's a lot to be done there uh, to help things uh, stay together. I saw some uh, professors on the lines that were doing the uh, they had the uh, main driver, which was them. They had their their aide driver, their assistant that was managing the chat room, but then they had a third a third instance of themselves broadcast into the room, and that third instance being a webcam pointed at a sheet of paper as they were teaching art. Absolutely fantastic, so that you could see them draw, you would see their face when they talk, and then the assistant was also available to answer and, and weed out questions. That's good stuff right there. So this is interesting. Everybody in America is trying to figure this out, exactly what you said right now. And people are getting very innovative in how they solve for this virtual space and how we're going to survive in this virtual space. So let's say we're doing this for the next 10, 12 months. So for the next year, this is how we're conducting business. You said years? 10, 12 years? 10, 12 months. Oh, months. months. Got it. For the next year. Sure. Yeah, right? Right. I'm wondering... How much of this is going to inspire people to go into TV productions? So how many high school kids, how many <laughs> elementary skills? It, it, it's okay. We're going to see a boom in the next I, 10 I years. I don't think so. I, no? I don't. I don't. I, I think okay. that honest, honestly, I think this is going to go the other way. So over the past 20 years, you went from being in a situation where you had the, the videographer would go out with the journalist 
and mm-hmm. they would be on the corner and one person would hold the mic stand in front of the camera while the other person was behind the camera taking shots. They would work together, jump back in the truck, edit on the fly, make things happen. Those environments still exist. But Correct. over the past 20, you had that that surge and the emergence of the backpack journalist, the all-in-one. Mm-hmm. They set up their own camera. They record themselves on camera. They do it all on their own. They are the all-in-one comprehensive solution. Now, now as, as the generations move by, you're in the world of tiki-taki. You got, you got people doing stuff with their phones that they used to do with $15,000 pieces of gear. I think this is going to advance things in a different direction to where some of those skills become inherent at a younger and earlier level and, and where some of uh, what you would go to school for in the, in the university years mm-hmm. might be second nature to the way that we're just coming up societally. And if you don't have those skills... You may have to obtain them later. But, but I love the dramatic pause for the obvious. <laughs> if you fall in the pool, you're going to be wet. <laughs> when you go no, outside but, and you look up in the sky, your head will be facing upward. I was going to say, because you say it's daylight. What if it's eight at night in Alaska? Whatever. I, you know what? I think the opposite, bro. I think you're right. The tiki talkies are out there. They're in full force. I'm not going to lie. At first, I'm like, this TikTok thing is annoying. Now I find it fascinating. It keeps growing and growing and growing yeah. and growing to the point that I no longer watch TV. I watch TikTok. It is <laughs> uberly entertaining, bro. It really is. But you take that TikTok issue, that TikTok mentality. Oh What's that? Heart. What happened? Did you hear that? What happened? No. Was oh that my, a smart device? A Ricky is leaning off camera and off microphone to the right-hand side. Okay, buddy. Down to where the uh, the board is. He's checking something out. Seems like there might be a immediate problem with the gear. We are unsure at this time. I believe we may have lost positive communication with Mr. Baez. Um, he, he is throwing hand signs in the air. Uh, he just waved his hand like he just doesn't care. So that part's good. He's talking to someone, but he's he's looking downward as he speaks. Uh, must be a very small human. Okay, you know, he's back. I can back. hear everything you're saying. All right, he's uh, back. Thank you. Yeah, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> no, no, my son was, uh, he's downstairs. My wife is at work. Uh, my son's downstairs, and I tell him, hey, bud, I, I'm going to be upstairs recording. Go ahead and stay here. Watch TV. Do whatever you want. He's Just... in the car. He's driving around the block. <laughs> right? he, yeah. Yeah. He went to do a beer room for me. Um, no, so what does he do? He broadcasts to the whole house, letting me know that he's done watching TV. <laughs> he would like to play with his toys. Oh, I'm like, nice. Good, Thank good, you. good. <laughs> All right. um, what were we saying before I was so rudely interrupted by, by my six-year-old? Hey, couldn't even tell you, but I'm ready to hit a current event if you have no yeah, words. Are you yeah. sure? I'm positive. Okay. Oh, no, no, wait, wait, wait. We were talking about the uh, production thing. What's going to uh, happen? Yes, go ahead. Years? So you were saying you're like, that oh, you're more enamored great. by TikTok and you watch that much more than anything else. And go. No, but I, I bro, I honestly do think that this what was happening here with all of us, especially the younger adults, the younger kids, they are forced to interact with people differently. And I think this is a new, uh, not new. 
it's been around for a while, but it's more mainstream than when it was before. And it's going to force people to be more innovative. So people are going to find they're able to broadcast whatever they're passionate about at a production level capacity to where they might make some money off it. The way some kids make tons of money today, broadcasting literally nothing live on Facebook Live, on YouTube, about whatever their passion is. So I think it's going to take it to the umph degree because, brother, we're seeing that right now. Uh, it just, just, just the other day, I saw on 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 Facebook there's a Minecraft virtual camp. I've never heard of that. Now I don't understand Minecraft. My kid plays plays Minecraft all the time. I don't get it, but he is so into it that he saw this um, this Minecraft virtual work virtual camp, and he wants to go to it. And I'm thinking, what what is a Minecraft virtual camp? And it's exactly what you would think. It's like summer camp, but just you're at home going through these different activities, different lessons virtually you know what? for Minecraft. It, it sounds fun, exciting, might keep the kid engaged, could be something fun there. At the same time, what about summer classes? What about getting ahead? What about maybe uh, working on that uh the master's degree from an early age or something, you know, like well, get credit for these classes, you know, you should. Right. But it, it's look, the classes they should give credit for. They don't give credit for because we don't get the classes that we need in high school to survive life. Cause I didn't figure out how to do taxes until I got out of high school. So talking about surviving life, are you ready? Yes. Sarah White's Kodichek. Now this is out of Alabama. Carnell Howell is very worried about his family members who work in close proximity to one another in a Demopolis chicken plant. He says two of his relatives tested positive for the disease, in addition to about eight other Foster Farms workers, but the bosses are not sharing information about the spread. The managers are being very hostile and aggressive towards the employees once they bring the information about infections forward to them. It's something they don't want to deal with. In rural Alabama, these people don't have a voice. The company says it is being open with its workers at the plant and its policy to let exposed employees know that they came into contact with a sick person. Foster Farms will immediately determine those employees who have had close contact with the diagnosed individual and advise that they self-quarantine and seek medical attention, said company spokesperson Ira Brill who confirmed there are 11 known cases at the facility. It's a situation repeating in offices and factories across the state of Alabama. And each wrestles with similar questions. Do employees have the right to know if someone in the building tested positive? How much should employers disclose? How much is private and personal information? Experts say there's no easy black letter answers. But in general, Alabama employers are not strictly required by law to tell employees if they've been exposed to the coronavirus on the job. Mm. I have not seen clear-cut guidance from administrative or public health officials stating that you as an employer must notify other employees of potential cases of exposure, said UA Law Professor Deepadas Asabito. Exactly like that. Just like that. Um, and then lastly here, once someone tests positive, the Alabama Department of Public Health may reach out to coworkers as part of its contact tracing efforts, but communication between employers and employees around the spread of the disease of the workplace is a point of emerging tension. And Alabama Governor Kay Ivey has granted immunity 
to some types of businesses, protecting them from lawsuits, provided that they do not behave recklessly. But legal experts told Alabama.com, AL.com, that wording in the state order leaves the need for bosses to disclose potential exposure to employees up to interpretation, end quote. The rest of the article can be found, AL.com. Do I have the right to know if my coworker tests positive for coronavirus? Ricky, over to you. That's the wrong question. They should not be asking, do they have the right to know if their coworker tests are positive? The question they should be asking, should the employees know if they've been exposed? And the answer is yes. And in that answer, yes, it is because of somebody else. Right. So but if you ask it that way and say, because I don't I don't want a policy or a law that comes into place to where on the specific situations now employees have to um, or business owners will have to divulge personal medical information regarding an employee. Because if, if you do it based on that, then it focuses on the employee and the illness and not the illness on its own. I hope that makes sense. But if, if there is possible contact, for example, if you have employee A who was working in your plant a week ago and then employee B and C worked with that employee a week ago, employee A comes tells you, hey, I tested positive for COVID-19, I need to go on a 14-day quarantine leave, then the organization at that point has a responsibility to let the other associates know that they were exposed. And that's it. When they say who, you don't need to know who, you just need to know that you were exposed. Now, it could very well be the employee can easily put two and two together if they only work with one other person, right? They can go ahead and do deductive reasoning to figure out who that person is. That's fine. We can stop them from doing that. But that information is not going to come from the employer. The employer does have that responsibility and organizations need to be careful because if they don't, uh, uh, if they don't notify all the other associates about the possible exposure and they catch it, they get a really good attorney. Or you know what? Forget it. They get a moderate attorney. They can still get some compensation and get sued because the, uh, the organization was acting reckless and withholding important information where the, org- the employees could have known and taken precautionary measures and not gotten that, that illness. So, I'm not an attorney. Uh, I don't claim to be one, but common sense is common sense. The answer is yes, they should know. That's it? Water's wet. Yeah. <laughs> Water's, Water's wet. wet. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. <laughs> okay, are you, are you ready for the real deal now, Holyfield? Look it up, homoy. Okay. Yeah, I just need one brief moment. Technical difficulty over here on this end. Okay, let's get set and ready to roll. Kurt Events this week is brought to you in part by the face of the franchise, the man, the myth, the legend, who will act like a pit bull and do the opposite of everything you ask him to do. This story comes from KSAT.com. Go ahead, Rick. What's that? I was just saying, we need sponsors from organizations that no longer exist, right? Oh, this, this portion of the yeah. program comes to you from Eastern Airlines. Come fly <laughs> with the bankrupt skies. <laughs> this story comes to you in part by the story uh, that was published this past week stating NASA discovered parallel universe that turned out to be a BS story that was published by a news organization out of Boston. 
And I retweeted that article, and they've since taken it down. Feel free to stop by Twitter. Click that. <laughs> I got excited, bro. And see that the, uh, they, they took the story down because it was all garbage. Yeah, uh, so this story that I'm bringing to you right now, this uh, is in the wheelhouse of the human resources uh, world and mindset. So county budget analyst who filed EEOC complaints against supervisor reassigned amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Alexandra Milan filed two federal complaints last year claiming unfair treatment and retaliation at work. This is out of San Antonio, Texas, a Bexar County budget analyst who did file these complaints against her supervisor and spoke out about the behavior of top county officials has been removed from her position and reassigned to different departments uh, to a different department. A county spokesperson confirmed Alexandra has been reassigned to the county's purchasing department, where she will help track expenditures related to the county's COVID-19 response. The move comes months after Milan appeared on KSAT 12 Defenders Investigation to detail past actions by County Manager David Smith and Assistant County Manager Tina Smith-Dean. Smith, in December 2016, directed members of the Budget Department to receive absolution at Mission San Jose. The directive offended multiple employees. Smith said in a written statement earlier this year, the document was not an official communication. It was not meant to be taken seriously. And then last fall, Milan filed two EEOC complaints against the county. The first complaint outlined unfair treatment at work, specifically that Smith-Dean required Milan to clock in and out while co-workers in the same department were allowed to arrive at work and leave Ooh. without having to do so. We've all lived that. Come on. Ooh. Yeah. Rick, I mean, when's the last time you faced that? You're like, ah, I may as well suck it up and just get myself another cup of coffee and shut my mouth, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm not saying buddy. that you should do that. I'm just saying. No. So so I'm making those remarks just real quick. There's and, a and lot I was of that only happened. kidding, by the way. But yeah, no, that's the thing. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's There's a lot of that going on. And the EEOC is about to get a lot of work. Because with this COVID nineteen thing, a lot of organizations are doing some squirrely things to so that they think it's the right thing to do to save money. But yeah, go ahead. I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell you afterwards. Milan then filed a second complaint alleging retaliation after she mm-hmm. says Smith Dean and the second supervisor wrote her up shortly after the first complaint was filed. Both complaints remain pending, and to date, the two sides have been unable to come to a resolution. Now, sources said as part of the reassignment. Her county email account was disabled and she was ordered to turn in her credentials at the oh. same time. So she got the moat reassigned. Why? It's unclear as to why she got yeah, reassigned. They, they never said why. Yeah. It's almost huh. retaliatory in a way uh, from yeah. appearance and perception alone. Well, here's the thing. Outside right? looking appear- in, according to KSAT.com. Well, I'll tell you this, brother. If the appearance and the and the perception alone exists, and you've got no credible data to counter that appearance or perception, that appearance or perception becomes reality, and you're done. Now, if you're done, if anyone wants more information about this story or to delve deeper into the article, we only shared an excerpt, excerpt here. Uh, this is written by Dylan Collier, KSAT.com. He's an investigative reporter for KSAT 12. Very interesting piece, KSAT.com, and just search for EEOC County Budget Analyst, and you're going to find this article right away. And feel free to reach out to Dylan with your questions, scares, and concerns. Interesting piece. This this was probably the reason I grabbed this one from KSAT. There were a lot of articles out there about it. You could even grab some of the, uh, some of the filing documents and read those. 
they did a good job at putting the synopsis together in this article better than any of the other pieces that are out there. That's why I, I grabbed know. this one for you. I still don't know why they were reassigned. And, and at least and that's he would have said, area. I asked them why, and they said no. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and that's not outlined in any of the other documentation that you're going to find on this piece either. It's <laughs> it's an extremely gray area, and uh, I I don't I would be intrigued to see what comes of this as it, as it heads down the path. So 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 that jogs my memory about it's I was talking to a couple of clients a, a couple of weeks ago, some things they want to do, and I strongly advised them against it. And this reminded me of that. Um, so right now, it's our audience knows the difference between a salaried employee and an hourly employee and what organizations are doing in order to save money for people who are being furloughed. Um, it, it, it's they're converting people from salaried to hourly. Here's why. If you're a salaried employee, JC, you get paid for what you do, not necessarily the time that you work. I mean, that's in lamest term what that is. Whereas if you're an hourly employee, you get paid for the time that you're there as long as you perform, you get paid an hourly wage. So what happens is if you furloughed a salaried person uh, for the week, and then you have a you, you need a little bit of help. You're like, oh my god, we're really running over. And they bring and you call that person in for one day. Now you got to pay them for the week because they're salaried. So what organizations are doing is they're converting them to hourly associates. That way, they only have to pay them for that one day, the exact time that they work. So what I told the, the clients, and I'm glad they asked. I'm like, hey guys. Do not do this. <laughs> do why? not. Because there has to be a reason why you're changing somebody's exemption status. And the reason has to be the change in the job, not the nature of the environment of the business in the, that they're in. Right. So the change of the job is you're doing it from home. So now your no. salary because you could work longer. Well, that's different, right? Because <laughs> if you're working from home, right, then you don't need to come in. Right? <laughs> Look, but, when you came to the office, I would pay you for the time you're actually in this office. Mm-hmm. Not traveling to and from it, but when you're actually here. But since you're home, you, you could work. Yeah. yeah, you could work all day. I don't have to pay you extra. That's great. <laughs> Let's totally make you salary. That, bro, that's the mentality <laughs> that's going to get us a lot of stories for the next oh, yeah. eight years. Here it's going to happen, talk. too, man. So yeah, it's already so, happening. No, it is happening because I've seen other organizations that are doing just that. Yeah. And I'm telling them that it's going to be an issue. There has to be a change in what the actual job duties are. They're going to have in a order hard, for time, you to change these hard time proving they that. Are. Hard time proving that they are. The, uh, the jobs have changed, that these requirements are in place. It's going to be terrible. <sighs> I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of good stuff. <laughs> Luckily, my clients listened and I'm like, all right. And then now I had one that started doing it already. Yeah. And like, okay, I'll revert back, right, buddy. Get an attorney. I can't help you there. You need to, to to talk to a lawyer. Now, you're doing the right thing. Pay the money to the attorney to bring things back to where they were supposed to be. That extra expense is going to be a fraction of what it would have been if the federal government finds out what it is that you're doing. And trust me, they will. Because the second you piss off one of those employees, because look, the employees are going to be happy. Right? They are. Yeah. Because if you bring them back in, they, they, they are now uh, working with overtime then now they can get overtime. But the second that overtime no longer exists, they're like, well, wait a minute. Why'd you change me over? I'm calling the federal government and they find out what's really going on. You are in trouble. Yeah, but but Ricky, come on, a little bit of peer pressure to be part of the team and work an extra hour or two without compensation. 
Come on, what's wrong with that, right? Oh, and we've got a Zoom happy hour that you really should be there for. What's the name of that investigative reporter? Put him on the case. He'll give us 80% of the story. Yeah, give Dylan a call over at KSAT. He'll take care of you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. you Talk go. about free promo, right? Talk about some free promo. There Great you go. Pieces. We should send a bill. Hey, guess what? Send a bill. What? Dell confirms freezing employee salaries and 401k contributions and hiring. Dell is also going to halt contributions across the board to its employees' 401k retirement plans starting June 1st until the end of the fiscal year due to economic concerns stemming from the coronavirus. Many IT giants and global market leaders have recently implemented temporary salary freezes or reductions, as well as halting external hiring and 401k matching programs in the wake of the ongoing crisis. Dude. HP. HP. Hewlett Packard. Not the other HP. <laughs> Which What was the other HP, Rick? Not, not Hewitt Associates. Right, not Hewitt Associates. <laughs> Hewitt Packard. Hewlett Packard Enterprise recently approved a plan to reduce salaries for HPE employees, including the executive team. From July 1st to October 31st of this year, the salary reduction will be uh, is going to vary, and it's going to be based on the employee level with the highest salary pay cut of 25% hitting the executive team, including the CEO. Now, virtualization and hybrid cloud superstar VMware, and and we're familiar with VMware and VK and many of the others here, right? Uh, Look, it's it's majority owned by Dell. It conducted a company-wide employee salary freeze, along with temporary salary reductions for top executives and VMware board members during its fiscal second and third quarter. Now, additionally, is halting 401k matches and switching from a semi-annual to annual bonus plan for its employees. It does not end there. Michael Dell himself decided to forego all of his base salary due to the current disruption caused by COVID-19 through the last payroll period in Dell's current fiscal year, which ends January 29th, 2021. According to the company's annual proxy statement filed in 2019, Dell's Salary for fiscal year 2019 was nearly $1 million. So the Dell salary and hiring freeze news comes as the company is embarking on a massive market share takeover campaign where Dell hopes to win up to 50% of the global market share in storage servers and hyper-converged infrastructure. Um, that aside, current situations are changing the landscape of the places that we work. And to that, there is your second official current event story of the day. JC, that is mind-boggling. I mean, mind-boggling. Why? Who would have thought that Dell was still in business? <laughs> the whole story, I'm like, what? They're still around? <laughs> that is mind-boggling. I thought they filed for bankruptcy like 10 years ago. Yeah, but didn't every major airline as well? Which, by the yeah, way, I'm holding major beef with a few of the airlines right yeah, now for some book travel. <laughs> you are saw that. <laughs> it's gonna before I get into days. that though. It's before I get into two days that. to get to Orlando. <laughs> before I get into that part, um, the the freezing of salaries, the reductions of payments, uh, senior executives and and C-suite level members <laughs> turning in their 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 paychecks to keep the business afloat. Talk to me, your perspective, your analysis, your thought process, your emotions, your feelings, so, the things. 
so that so you want to say I'm joking. I'm, I'm getting about, there. Okay, stop. Okay, stop. Go ahead. Jesus, Christmas, stop. So you <laughs> you watch Lego Masters? I got to talk to you about that because you remind me of the host of Lego Masters. Um, so and your thoughts look, on this one? I'm 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 joking about the whole Dell being in business, but that really is the right thing to do. And I smirked, right? Because a lot of people do smirk when they say, oh, so, uh, a billionaire, millionaire CEO is foregoing their million dollars or taking a pay cut. And, and they make fun and saying, well, they don't know what it is to 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 really be on the rocks. I mean, they, that may or may not be true, but it says something that they're willing to cut their pay to help out the greater good. So actually, kudos to them. Kudos to them. I don't make fun of them because, you know, they live a specific lifestyle that they've earned, just how we live a specific lifestyle that we've earned. And the people um, who don't have the same resources as we do, right, they live a specific lifestyle that they're used to. So, yes, for me to take a pay cut, it's going to hurt my lifestyle. It's not going to kill me. For Dell to do the same thing, that's fine. Whereas for the people below um, the poverty line, that could kill them. So it is the right thing to do. Um, but for how long? Right at the end of the day, it's still a for-profit business. There's only so much you can do for so long um, before the organization ceases to exist. Here's the part. So I'm sure here's the, the part that's hard to wrap your head up. around, though. In the middle of this crisis, in the middle of everyone working from home and and everything that you need to do, a tech company that makes the gear that you use to work from home is having a hard time paying the bills. <sighs> I mean, womp, 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 womp. I mean, look, it, it's <laughs> think on, about it. It, it. It's the reason we're able to chat back and forth is because AOL pioneered it back in the day. They're, they're not around as prominent as they were before, but they paved the way. Same thing with Dell. I don't know who came first, Dell or Gateway, but Gateway was that cow looking computer. They're no longer around, but they paved the way. Right. So I don't know if they did the whole Walmart thing and they just or the Kodak thing when the digital photography came out and they said, huh, no, that's not going to be the, uh, the future. But it sounds like Dell, I, it's, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I thought Dell was out of business. Sounds like Dell's doing okay. And there are able to do those things. But I think that's the first tech company that I hear of that has taken those measures. I don't see Facebook doing that unless they said it and I haven't heard it. There is more to the story that we will not be sharing on the air today. Ah! If you want to find out more from this article, Stop by CRN.com. This Crap. was written by Mark Haranis. And uh, Dell confirms freezing employees' salaries and the 401ks along the way. Um, yeah, a lot going on in the world of business about that reduction in, in, in pay and, and all those uh, online storage solutions and, and some things that you find. Ricky, uh, we are nearing that time in the show where what? we need to uh, get close to what wrapping things up. Are you ready for something else, though? I am. I am. It's time for Florida Man Stories. Florida Man Stories yet again. We led today with the Ricky Bias-inspired Florida Man Story. But today, your official Florida Man Story wrap-up, if you're not already a fan of the show. We do Uh at least uh, one of these stories at the end of every program. We haven't done it in the past couple weeks. So we do have some here for you today. This is from WPTV. Wanted Florida man arrested after revealing location on Facebook Live. Guns, ammunition, drugs found inside his vehicle in Daytona Beach. Authorities say a 25-year-old <laughs> felon is wanted for a violation of probation. 
and was oh, arrested after sheriff's deputies in Florida were notified he was streaming on Facebook Live. Officials say that the gentleman filled himself driving uh, to a jet ski facility and renting a watercraft on Friday. And the video also showed an officer approach and arrest him. Volusia <laughs> County Sheriff's officials say they've been advised that the gentleman uh, was known to be armed with a handgun. And uh, it also had an extended magazine. Investigators found handguns, Not ammunition, legal. and drugs in his Not legal. vehicleta. So that is happening out of Daytona. Um, I love it. You, you got to love what? it. Daytona. I, Two for I, one. I'm all about privacy laws, but if you're too stupid to really conceal where you are, you deserve to get arrested. So just just leave those laws out there, man. The issue will take itself. Will take care of itself. Yeah, just, right. Just let it happen, man. What an idiot. <laughs> uh, Florida man stories continue. This is from again Alabama, an Alabama story about a Florida man. You got to love this. Two times, whoa, 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 whoa. two times Hold in on. one week that we're going to be talking uh, about a resource coming from Alabama, but this one here is talking <laughs> about is talking about a Florida man. So to that, Florida man arrested in Alabama in SUV stolen from Tinder date, according to police. What? <laughs> yeah, so a Florida man is behind bars in Alabama after police say he was caught in an SUV that he stole from a woman that he met. On Tinder, the gentleman is a 40-year-old Pensacola laughing. resident, and he was arrested Saturday at uh, uh, in Trussville. Police found the gentleman in a stolen Audi Q3 after they received a flock safety alert, which is a license plate reader, simply. According wait, wait, to authorities. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, I want to make sure that I heard you correctly. Yes. This story takes place at a place called Trustville? Trust. Without a T. Trustville. Oh, oh, got it. Because I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. I know. And that SUV was stolen from <laughs> Trustville. This <laughs> is awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt, bro. Go ahead. Bro, all the doors are unlocked. You won't believe it. <laughs> yes. They even leave the keys in there for you. Holy crap. And they all have sorry. Audis. Oh, it's unbelievable. Dude, you got to stop by Trustville. The so, old man on Tinder. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, so he was arrested in Trustville, uh, stolen Audi Q3. Uh, there was the safety alert and the license plate reader. They found the vehicle. According to authorities, the gentleman stole the vehicle from a young woman that he met uh, on Tinder. So <laughs> he agrees to go on a date with the girl on Tinder, meets up, and steals her car. Right? So uh, after stealing the car, uh, the date uh, and the theft overall, it, it took place in Florida, it says. So this is what Trustville police had to say about the uh, alleged crime and subsequent arrest. Quote, rather than simply swiping left, he decided to meet a young woman for a night out on the town before taking off in her vehicle. The gentleman will be transferred to the Jefferson County Jail on bonds totaling $110,000, where he will have another chance to find true love. End quote. (laughs) (laughs) This is from (laughs) AL.com, Alabama.com. If this is a, a true Florida man story or a true Florida woman story, I think we should follow up in six months and we'll find out they're, they're now engaged and they're about get to get married. <laughs> so watch. How messed That's up is gonna that? Happen. How messed Why? up is that? You agree to meet someone for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> he steals your car in a different state. 
I mean, you know? look, we shouldn't be laughing because think you know people are crazy out there. But you gotta, you can't let your guard down, especially okay. on a first date. You nope. can't let your guard nope. down like Taken. that. If if you're going on a Tinder date with someone with a gentleman from Florida, don't meet him in Florida, or just don't <laughs> drive an Audi. <laughs> Show up in your Tercel. <laughs> Ninety three Tercel with yeah. Marilyn Manson playing. Yeah, right. Get the magic happen. Hey, uh, uh, we are right. at that time of the show. We got one hour, 20 minutes on the clock. With that being Oof. said, Ricky Baez, over to you for some final thoughts and uh, just some general banter. Yeah, man. Look, it, it's um, the world. The world is starting to subside again, and people are being a little bit crazy and coming back to whatever that new normal is. Just exercise some common sense. And I say that with caution because common sense varies in degree. Just the most common of common senses is what you need to come to the consensus of. Um, it, it's it's we're getting back to normal. Just let's be let's do it cautiously. Different states got different regulations, so I get it. And um, just just take it a day at a time, folks. A day at a time, we will get there. Patience is the name of the game. Do you remember that show? One day at a time. That oh, was a good wow. show back in the day. Wait a minute. Yeah, I think I remember. Now, family t- with Michael Keaton with no with no, Michael J. No, Fox no. was family it, ties. It, it was before the it was. Predated Family Ties. So back like 227, Archie Bunker era. Oh, my God. One day yes. at a time. Yes, yes. Oh, my God, Archie what Bunker. What's her name? Tootie? I think Tootie, right? No, that's... Uh, I wish you had the Google machine. Hold on. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. Google one day at a time for me real quick. Hey, Google. Hey, Google. You kill hey, Tell me about a show called One Day at a Time. One Day at a Time is an American sitcom that first aired in 2017 and stars Isabella Gomez, no, Justina Machado, that's and Marcel Ruiz. <laughs> see, oh. don't you see it, though? Life yeah. didn't hey, Google, exist stop. before millennials. <laughs> <laughs> there was no life before millennials. They control the internet and they're crafting the new future. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, that, because that's definitely not it. That okay, is not Google, it. Tell me about the old one day at a time. According to Wikipedia, One Day at a Time is an American sitcom television series that aired on CBS from December 16, 1975 until oh. May 28, 1984. Do you want a little more context? Yeah. Yes. Yes. One Day at a Time is an American sitcom television series that aired on CBS from okay. December 16, 1975 until May 28, 1984. Oh. It starred Bonnie Franklin as a divorced mother raising two teenage daughters, played by Mackenzie Phillips and Valerie Bertinelli in Indianapolis. That's not Tootsie. That's not Tootsie. I think that's Good Times or The Good Life. Mrs. Garrett. What was her name? I Mrs. didn't say Garrett. Tootsie. I said Tootie. Tootie? Yeah, Mrs. Garrett. Tootie? Who's Mrs. Garrett in the picture? It's the, it's, it's the one show with... Ask, ask, her, ask her who Tootie was. Hey, Google. Who was Tootie? She better have the answer fast. Tootsie is a 1982 Tootsie. movie directed no. by Sidney Pollack. No. Starring hey, Dustin Hoffman. No. Who was Mrs. Garrett? There you go. On the website NPR.org, they say, actor Charlotte Ray, best known for her role as Mrs. Do you want a little more context? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're killing yes. me. Actor Charlotte Ray, best known for her role as Mrs. 
Garrett, the patient house mother at a girl's the facts school of in the 1980s. Facts, facts of life. That's what it was. Boom. That's what it was. Tell her to stop talking. Hey, Google. Continue on. Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> your, your final thoughts are the worst final thoughts ever now. <laughs> oh, my God. To take him Mrs. forever. Mrs. Garrett died. She died at 92. And it's a facts of life. Hold on, because now I want to I want to find out. So facts of life in one day at a time. They were around the same time frame, I think. Uh, yeah, they right? were. They yeah. were. Sorry, I can't do that yet. Well, of course you can. We didn't ask you. Yeah, I know, right? So but hold on. So I'm, I'm, when you compare this program to other human resource related podcasts, two totally different bowls of wax. That's all there is at the end of the day. And look, if you guys are figuring that out right now, <laughs> you just get ready to be disappointed. Ladies and gentlemen, with my final thoughts, I want to say if there's ever anything you want to ask, feel free to chime in. We're going to leave you anonymous if you desire. As always, uh, for those people out there that are trying to reach out and get in touch, should you call or text, feel free to do any time. Feel free to self-identify. If you're not going to self-identify, at least leave a message so it doesn't sound like random static and you breathing while you drive around a city somewhere. (laughs) Uh, Do that, Ricky. What are some of the best ways people can reach us, please? Four zero seven five zero one eight four two five. Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail if you want just to leave anything funny. Leave it on there. Doesn't matter. And tell us if you want us to air it, not air it. We will do what you tell us. You can email us hrtalk at biasco Facebook and Instagram and the Tiki Talkie HR Talk Podcast. And on Twitter, we are on Podcast HR. Like us, love us, hate us, do whatever you want to do. But let us know under your favorite platform to download the show. It would really help us out. Big shout out to some of our new followers on Twitter. Some of those in the broadcast industry for chiming in. Great networking taking place. Once again, we don't make your annual list of those that are most influential because we influence the people that make those lists. So that's all we got to say about that. At the end of the day, I'm JC. That's Ricky Baez across the bow in sunny central Florida. Drive safe. Have a good night. I'm about to grill me a fat steak. With potatoes. Maybe some barbecue sauce. <laughs> I'm just kidding, not for a steak. <laughs>